Welcome back to Table Talk. I'm Elena. I'm Kristen. And I feel like you and I have had two very different weeks in terms of what we've been eating. Oh, 100%. That's because you had some dental work done. Oh, I know. Root canal. Yes. You know, the procedure wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I knew that I was going to have to eat soft food. And I, but I feel like I was just in denial about it (laughs) until like it actually happened. And I felt how numb like one side of my face was. And I was like, oh, shit. That's going to be tough, dude. You know, it was an unwelcome challenge, but I feel like I've been okay. Like, there's definitely been enough times where I've just been like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to have some instant potatoes and just like, oh, yeah, put yeah, some in the box. In there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've added some things to them, just extra butter and extra So you garlic. did do the, pota- the box potatoes. I did. Oh. Yeah. And I still have one bag left. So, I mean, there's still an opportunity for me to make magic with. <laughs> Potato you can flakes. Make, like fritters. Oh. <gasps> Ooh. It's because I saw a video on Facebook that said something about fritters, and I was like, fritters sound delicious. I'm going to try <laughs> that. I know. It couldn't hurt. It's like, I feel like I briefly mentioned it to you that in the summer, I feel like it's probably more difficult for you to have soft foods because mm-hmm. when you think summer, you think crunchy salads yeah. or barbecued anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as opposed to in the winter, if they ha- tell you, oh, eat soft foods, sure, I'll just be slurping yeah. soup the yeah. whole time. You no know what problem. I mean? Yeah. But potatoes are good. I would, yeah, I would like test out the fritters. I'm sure there's a good like baked potato fritter recipe yeah. just floating around out there mm-hmm. waiting for you to find it. Yeah. What else have you been eating besides potatoes? Though? Um, also, uh, rice and beans, a lot of bananas, and applesauce. <laughs> Your potassium levels are going to be perfect. <laughs> right. Oh, I have been making a lot of scrambled eggs and omelets. Okay. And what I did actually make, which people can check out on our Instagram at Table Oh, those pancakes. Yes. Oh, they look so good. Yeah. So Do share. Go to at Table Talk, T-B-L-T-L-K, pod, P-O-D. And if you click on the highlights that says cook, you can check out the start to finish of the two ingredient pancakes. And the reason why I did that was because I have bananas and I have eggs and both of those things are soft. So when you put them together, <laughs> yeah. they're still going to be soft. But what I did was I added to them a little bit of baking powder because that makes them okay. a little bit fluffier. Uh-huh. Like, when you put a banana and an egg together, it's never going to resemble an actual pancake. It right. was more like little little tiny crepes. But if you add baking powder to it, it gives them a little bit more fluff to That's it. That's cool. Do you add that like if it's normal pancake batter? Because I know they can get pretty fluffy. But if you wanted the fluff to be extra real that day, is in like that something? A no- in like a normal pancake? Yeah. Um, if you're making like pancakes like legit from scratch, I think baking powder is part of the the equation. I mean, it sounds right. Yeah. You have to put it in cakes and stuff. Right. Why wouldn't you put in a pancake? Yeah. So <laughs> I added the baking powder for a little bit of fluff. Okay. And then I also added ground ginger, cinnamon, nutmeg, vanilla extract, and almond extract. What just a to flavor kind of, fest. Yeah, just to kind of give it a little bit of extra flavor. Also, when I was going through and kind of figuring out what I had, I remembered that I have a ginger syrup by the ginger people. Have you ever seen like those like ginger candies? That I haven't, in, like, but you do love your ginger. Love ginger. I currently have some <laughs> watermelon and ginger steeping in whiskey in my refrigerator. Ooh, no idea what I'm going to uh, use that it for. so good. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be great. I was thinking maybe some kind of like slushy. So that's something that's going to happen in the future. But the pancakes. So did you find this recipe or you knew about it for a while or had you experimented before with them? 
Well, I think that these pancakes are really popular in like weight loss communities. Oh, okay. Um, because since there's no flour involved, it's really minimal ingredients. The banana yeah. has potassium. The eggs have protein. You like, had me at two ingredient pancakes. So yeah. I was like, say no more. Right. <laughs> or I'm down. Yeah. So I've definitely seen them from Blogilates, and she's done cheap clean eats and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And I think that this was something that was part of that. So it was definitely had kind of like been in the back of my mind. Yeah. You've been flirting for a while. Yeah. Okay. And then, but the recipe that I got is from the kitchen the and then k-i-t-c-h-n they were the ones that put the idea of putting the baking powder in oh okay what i loved about watching their recipe is that they really walked you through the steps of it so if you're curious about like well i feel like i did a really comprehensive thing but if you want to look at the kitchen (laughs) no don't look at the kitchen go to table talk pod (laughs) i saw it too everything was broken down and you know what the wonderful thing i think about recipes that are like you know those three ingredient or one pan recipes or you know in this case the two ingredient recipes it's so easy to break down because there's not a whole lot to break down yeah i mean how can you break down two ingredients it's like do you have this do you have this Put it together, throw it in a pan, enjoy. Yeah, you know? I almost always have at least one banana and some eggs on hand. And so I was like, <laughs> I can do this. So how many bananas and eggs? I know it's on our Instagram story, but for us right now. Yes. So it literally was one banana okay. and two eggs. And that made about nine mini pancakes okay. that are about three and a half, four inches in diameter. If you end up making them a little bit bigger, don't worry. They're just going to be a little bit thicker. Yeah. Um, but... I like a little fluff to my pancake, personally. Yeah. When they're small like that, they're able to get a nice crisp edge when you put them oh, in the pan the with butter or, yeah. or coconut oil. The thing that I learned from doing it from the kitchen, aside from the baking powder thing, is that you want to whisk the eggs separately from the mashed banana and then add the eggs to the mashed banana. So oh, you whisk the okay. eggs, mash the banana. I added the baking powder and then the spices to the banana mixed it together, and then really slowly whisked in the egg egg mixture. Gotcha. And then it was all good to go. Nice. Yeah. You know, pancakes, it's funny that we were talking about the different, like, I guess, consistency or texture of a pancake, because people do make their pancakes differently. Like, my grandma makes pancakes way different than my mom. Oh, really? Yeah. And both are delicious, and both are, like, nostalgic for me. Like, what do you mean? Do they use different types of flour or different seasoning? Well, we use the box. We're all about that biscuit quick life because we're on the go we've always been commuters we don't have a whole lot of time and if we're mm-hmm. trying to do have something other than like an egg burrito in the morning we would have pancakes yeah so g uses the bisquick but g clearly doesn't like like the thicker pancakes mm-hmm. hers are a little more flappy okay. i know that sounds like a weird word in reference <laughs> no. to a pancake i think that's why flapjacks were called flapjacks right yeah so they're really thin um, they're still really yummy. She puts a ton of butter. And the reason why they come out like that is because G will add a little extra water than like the recommended oh, okay. amount. Mm-hmm. And my mom just kind of eyeballs things. That's mm-hmm. anytime I try to ask her for a recipe, I've stopped because she's just <laughs> like, well, you know, it's a little of this, a little of that. And I'm just like, I just got to watch her make yeah. it. So when it comes to her pancakes, though, she'll add either the recommended amount of water or a little bit less so that they are a little thicker Mm -hmm. but they come out so freaking perfect like Mm. I don't know if it's like the pan or the years of experience or like the love that goes into (laughs) it but they come out so perfectly round like I'm not gonna front I when I make pancakes there's gonna be a couple alien heads up in there the first one is always like messed up (laughs) I think that's just a rule of life first pancake doesn't get served right (laughs) then she 
like the edges of it are perfectly crispy mm-hmm. and it's like not so so thick where you feel like you need water or yeah. milk between every bite mm-hmm. but I don't know how she does it but they're perfect like you could wow. take a nap on the freaking pancake <laughs> that and sounds then wonderful the color is amazing like she puts it in the pan and I swear between her getting it on the spatula and putting it on your plate the sun must come down and kiss them because they are so <laughs> golden it's insane and but they're so good and I love that outer crunch on the yeah. edge of them you know mm-hmm. um then I try to make my pancakes more like her I only really make pancakes in October and that's because Trader Joe's has the, oh, the pumpkin, pumpkin one. yes so oh. good <laughs> and I'll buy a couple boxes like I'll stock up just in case like throughout the year for feeling crazy and we'll have like pancakes for breakfast yeah. gotta do the pumpkin ones they're so delicious yeah. did you so but did you put any toppings like did you put any fresh banana or fresh fruit I know you had it on the side you had like watermelon and mint and raspberries which is yes. really yummy but so if I wasn't doing the soft food thing I definitely would add some type of nuts to it oh like yes or a pecan or yeah. something or even like pistachios like like roasted pistachios oh, pistachios are so underused and underrated I, I feel it's one of my favorite ice cream flavors same I feel like people sometimes or maybe I'm just speaking for myself get intimidated by pistachios because the really good ones are the ones that come in the shell and then oh, you have to yeah. take the time to 100%. take off the shell yeah it's and work. it's like exactly and it's like it's nice when you are trying to pace yourself with what you're eating true but when you're cooking them it's just kind of like can we just get this thing over with and <laughs> the I deshelled ones yeah and I know that they make, do come deshelled but that just seems wrong to me okay if you're cooking sure buy mm-hmm. the deshell nobody wants to bake chocolate chip walnut cookies and crack yeah. all the walnuts like mm-hmm. hell nah but you're gonna buy the ones that come in the bag so I feel like for cooking purposes yeah buy the ones that don't have the shell but if you're gonna like munch mm-hmm. buy the shell yeah I mean that's the fun and then like they're salted and mm-hmm. all the flavor gets up in there yeah. when I was visiting my dad for 4th of July I had brought down some pistachios and he told me that they were a little stale but <laughs> he but then he was roasting them in the toaster Oven. Very smart idea. Yeah, to like crisp them up. And I've never really heard about roasted pistachios. I always just yeah, I would have never thought pistachios. Either. But they were they smelled so good, and like oh, they were, yummy. it just added another level of enjoyment because they were like a little bit warm once they totally. cooled down. Mm-hmm. And a like, little bit more enjoyment. How about a lot more enjoyment? Yeah, I feel like they brought out kind of like that butteriness. Yeah, butter is a good word for pistachio. Yeah, because it was like the fats in the pistachio had already kind of. Like gotten a little bit happy with the heat. Yeah. And so it was just a joyful moment all around. So now I still have some pistachios in my freezer. And now that I am aware that they're probably a little bit stale, I know that it's okay because I'm just going to roast, roast them, them and it's just going to be a great experience. So you keep your pistachios in the freezer like if they're going to towards the end of their shelf life or you just keep them in there for storage purposes in general? You know, I usually just keep them there for storage purposes in general because my apartment doesn't have air conditioning and so it gets really oh, hot. right. And I probably could just keep them in like a cabinet or something, but I don't. And that's how I end up with stale pistachios, but also the opportunity to roast them. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so really, I, I, this has been my plan all along. <laughs> that sounds so yummy. I want to kind of touch back on the temperature thing that you mentioned about your apartment and not having air conditioning. Yeah. Because I learned a really neat um a hack. Part of my happy hour moment was I went to Temecula mm-hmm. at the beginning of this week and we hit a bunch of wineries and at one of the wineries when we were purchasing the wine 
Yeah. Wonderful staff at this. I stayed at the what Carter Estate Winery. We purchased a white wine, mm-hmm. and it was a Pinot Grigio. And we don't typically... Yeah, you're not a white wine drinker. I'm not a white wine drinker, no. And this one was so good. Mm. And when we purchased it, we asked her, like, you know, because she was like a wine connoisseur to the max. And she told, we asked, do we store the white wine in our refrigerator because one we don't have like a wine refrigerator and she was like well you know like even with white wine you don't have to chill it until the day or two before you're going to serve it and I didn't know that because my my, I mean obviously when you buy white wine at the store it's not in the refrigerator section Mm -hmm. but I didn't really I just kind of automatically assumed I'll say it as soon as you buy white wine stick it in the fridge but no you don't have to do that until you're going to serve it and she also, her name was Vicky. What she, up, Vicky? I know. <laughs> Hi, Vicky. Love you. She had also recommended, too, if you're storing wine and you don't have, you know, like those wine cool refrigerators or a cellar, if you're not a baller, because I'm not, <laughs> to store them in a closet that you don't really use that often oh. because the temperature doesn't fluctuate as much as if you're storing it in a kitchen. She said a lot of people make the mistake of keeping their wines, even their really great wines that they're saving for a special occasion, yeah. in their kitchen because obviously, you like, That sounds like what you would do, right? Like who wouldn't put it in there? But she said kind of the issue with that is that when you're cooking in your kitchen or you're using your oven or your broiler. Yeah. So so, and that affects the wine and Mm -hmm. the aging process. So she was like, store yours, you know, if you don't have that space, which I don't, Mm -hmm. in a closet that you don't really use that often. Wow. And then and she was like, and that's it's a controlled temperature environment Mm -hmm. and the wine is great. Place it on the belly. And Bam. Wow. I know. Built-in wine containers in my house, and I didn't even realize. All those closets are going to be full wow. of bottles. Can I make a wine confession, though? Oh, my God. I don't know if I'm ready for it, but go for it. Sometimes I chill my red wine. Oh, same. Okay. We have the same confession. Oh, thank it's God. Not, I know you do it with, like, sangria, yes. but it needs to be cool. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't taste terrible. No, and especially, and this is, like, another thing that I've learned from Mama, is red wine, you can mix things with it, and it's good. So one of the things that I that I do most of the time, which I love to share with people, is the cheapest sangria that you could ever, ever make is red wine. Like, get a box of fronds and do this. Like, don't do this with, like, your super fancy wine. But, like, get a, get a red wine. Make sure it's nice and chilled. Add 7-Up and maraschino cherry juice to it. And it's like oh. a cheap sangria because it has the red wine, the yeah. lemon-lime flavor of the 7-Up, and then the sweetness of the maraschino cherries in there. Or what you can do as like dessert option is red wine and cream soda. And I know it's kind of difficult. Yum. I know it's really difficult to find cream soda. It really is. But when you do... Get that shit. Yes. Get it. (laughs) Put some in your little wine cellar in your closet (laughs) and just give it a shot. It's so good. The red wine cream soda, you can also add the maraschino cherry juice in there too. Um, But I've made it with just red wine and cream soda and it's still wonderful. I also have been really on a sparkling water That's the only kind of water I drink. Yeah. Yeah. And... Because, like, wine in the summer is just such a quintessential thing. Right. But you need to stay hydrated. I mean, you can't day drink the whole day away. you got to break it up a little bit. Yeah. So if you do need to do that, why not just mix a little bit of bubbly water in there Guess where they it? do that? Where? Spain. <gasps> it is a thing! I know! Yeah! My friends went a couple summers ago, and my best friend came back over, and she was, like, telling me about her trip, and I had, I always had red wine on deck. Yeah. And she was, and she knows that I also always have sparkling water on deck, so she mm-hmm. was like, mix the two! And I was like, what? Ew! She goes, no, that's how they do it in Spain. Does she use a flavored one or just the plain? 
She didn't specify, but I only ever have the lime sparkling water. So, mm-hmm. and I added the lime in, I think it was a blend. Okay. And yeah. it was wonderful <laughs> and it was refreshing. Right. <laughs> I also, Heike, love that you brought up Franzia because I haven't thought of that wine since college. And we were those typical annoying college kids that would take it out of the box. Put it in your purse? No, we oh. would pass it around at a party. We were even tackier than putting it in a purse. We would take it out at a party. And before you drank it, you had to like slap the bag. Oh my God. For no purpose other saying, than slapping a bag oh. and then just waterfalling it into your mouth. <laughs> That is so funny. Classy, sassy, never right? trashy. Well we, <laughs> well, we would take the bag of wine and put it in a big ass purse and then like go to the movies. Oh, genius. Yeah. And oh, then my God. Like, open up that little spigot, have a little bit of wine <laughs> with your uh, long ass movie. Well, we used to refer to Franzia as a she because it was our friend Zia. <laughs> That's so cute. My friend Zia was good. Oh my God, I love that. Well, since we're on the topic of wine, I guess yes. we could, this is a perfect lead into a happy hour. Yeah. What was your happy hour moment? My happy hour moment, so I'm downsizing a lot of things right. in my house and clearing things out. And you I really actually, have. Uh, you know, it's a struggle, but it hasn't been as bad as I thought that it would be. So if anyone out there is considering trying to be a little bit more minimal with the things that you own, just Do pick it. a small thing and start there. And my friend Lucy has been doing the same thing. And so she had me and one of her other friends come over to help her. And so afterwards, we were like, we are starving. So we were going to go to this Mexican place. The Mexican place was closed. But there was an Indian restaurant right next door. And I was like, well, let's go to the Indian place. It yeah. smells so amazing. Ends up they've never had Indian food before. What? I know. So How are they living in L.A. and they've never had Indian food? I know. This place is literally across the street Get from Lucy's Get out of under that rock. <laughs> right? Well, thankfully, they are now. And they love it. It. it was so, so good. I think it was the first time that I've ever gone to a restaurant with someone and they were like, what's this? What's that? Like oh, asking me to explain Like a little it. kid. <laughs> yeah. And like I was trying to do my best to describe right. it because it has been a while since I've had Indian food, but I've eaten it enough to know that it's amazing. Oh, so good. Yeah. We got naan that was stuffed oh, with naan. cheese. Ooh. And, oh, my God. Like, I've never had that, but I'm down. Yeah. You know that like Ninja Turtles level like cheese Oh, pole? yes. And all those memes. Yeah. It had that going on and oh, I was yum. like oh, just melted and then afterwards they gave us a dessert that she told us what it was called and I really wish that I had written it down but it had rose water and milk um, cardamom cashews pistachios and, oh, and rice and it was like mixed together and it was almost like a pudding like, like a, a rice pudding Lucy's from Paula uh, likened it to arroz con, arroz con leche yes arroz con leche yeah and it was it, it was similar in that way, but the flavors were very different. Got you. But it was, oh man, it was that an excellent yummy. meal. And so it was, good. yeah. And so, like, it was a fabulous meal on its own, but having it be their first experience with Indian food just made it that an is even extra fun. better experience. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be going back. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> so, what's your happy moment? Uh, mine was when um, we were in Temecula. I was there with my boyfriend. We were celebrating our five year anniversary, which still blows my mind. He never liked wine. Prior to like, I don't know, maybe last year, he was never a wine person. I oh, I have been for a while. And then just one day he like gave wine a try for like the zillionth time. Yeah. And he liked it. And wow. I was like, what? And I would always joke with him like, oh, I wish you liked wine. That way we can go wine tasting because mm-hmm. it's so fun. So when we were trying to figure out what to do for our anniversary, I was like, let's go wine tasting. And we don't have to go far. You know, obviously there's like Sonoma and Napa and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And Santa Barbara even. But Temecula was just 
a little bit of a closer, easier drive for us. And we went like on a Monday. Yeah. We got a great Groupon deal where we got to like go to a winery and taste test like six wines for each of us for $15. Wow. So we took advantage. It was called Fazali Winers. Really great place. Really great staff. And so it was just kind of fun to kind of go to all the different wineries. And it was a day trip. It was, you know, a getaway that we hadn't had in like a really long time. And it was an easy drive. We went early in the morning. Um, we're able to check into our hotel, which was basically just a bunch of bungalows. So all of them had a view of the vineyard. And all the wineries are so close by. So the lifts are really cheap. Or sometimes there's even shuttles, which we were able to take to a couple of them because they were like sister wineries. Mm-hmm. And the people over there in Temecula are just so, so nice. And then we went to dinner at this restaurant in the little downtown area. It was called Crush and Brew. Mm-hmm. And they had really great burgers. And if you bring local wine to the Crush and Brew, they will uncork it for you for free. Wow. I know. Really fun. We had give, been given a couple of recommendations for places to go for dinner. One of the main reasons why we picked Crush and Brew is because inside of that restaurant is also a speakeasy. Mm-hmm. So we thought, okay, we'll have dinner with our wine or burgers and wine. How classy are we? And we went back into the speakeasy and we had all these delicious drinks. They were so good. I couldn't tell you one name of them because I was already like a couple bottles of wine deep. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool. We got to talk with like the bartender. Uh, on our way home, we made a pit stop at Tom's Farms, which is in Corona. Mm-hmm. And I was introduced to Tom's Farms way, way back in the day. Mm-hmm. So is it an like, actual farm? There is a farmer's market there. Okay. So the farm must not be far if it's not physically <laughs> on that yeah. like little property. And it's not that massive, you know, and there's a couple different places to eat there. They have really great roasted corn. If you go like on a weekend when things are like alive and popping, they have animals there mm-hmm. for, I think it's like a petting zoo. They have like a little train that runs through. So it's great for kids. Yeah. They have live music. They have a great little shop with all kinds of like meats and cheeses and beers and wines and their pizza and deli is my favorite place. Like anytime I go to Tom's Farms, we always go to like the pizza and deli. Mm -hmm. I don't know what they put in their pizza, but it is so good. Same (laughs) cheese action that you got with your cheesy naan. That's what we got. We got like a mini pizza because you just can't not get pizza when you're there. It's that good. And then we got a hot pastrami sandwich, which even though it was like a gazillion degrees outside, you just can't say no to the hot pastrami there. So it was super, super fun, super yummy. We brought home a couple extra like cheeses and a soprasada. But yeah, so it was a really good time and it was such a nice little getaway and we really enjoyed ourselves. So it was a good time. Would you say that Temecula is the Napa of Southern California? You know what? If it isn't already given that title, it's well on its way because one of our Lyft drivers, he was telling us that he has lived in Temecula for 34 years. Wow. Um, but he was saying there's already quite a few wineries in Temecula. I don't have like an exact number, but he was also telling us that they were just approved to build 50 more wineries in Temecula. Yes, I know. So if it's not considered the Sonoma or Napa of Southern California, it's very well on its way. Yeah. And all the wines were so good. Pepper was a big theme in them. And like actual pepper I mean, no, were but involved like, or like the flavor profile? The flavor profile. Oh, that's okay. the better word. Sorry. Um, yeah, I saw a lot of like black pepper. Like mm. on, the, on the list of like, you know, what flavors you're getting, black pepper was in pretty much almost all of the ones that I drank. Yeah, but it was really good. Yeah. And it was really fun. So yeah, if you, I mean, are down to go like on a just like a quick day trip, I'm saying like how we did it. We mm-hmm. actually were there for 24 hours. Wow. Such an easy drive. You're going against traffic either day that you're coming and going to it. Mm-hmm. Um, super easy to get around to all the wineries and there's a great selection and everybody is so knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. Like you think, you know, 
a decent amount of information about wine and then you go over there but they're not condescending or pretentious about it either you know they're just so down to earth Mm -hmm. where you guys from how's it going oh my gosh try this and what a tip that I had actually learned from there too is we just asked them like what do you recommend because some places will have six already so Mm -hmm. it's not like you really get to choose you just get to pick the order yeah but on the places that have more than six selections for you Mm -hmm. but you can only choose those six I just went with the pours recommendation yeah you know I let them know what I liked and what I you know didn't like but that I was open and they're like okay try this one or I really like this one you should try this one so Mm -hmm. they're really really helpful it was super fun and it's not expensive at all like you won't break the bank if you buy multiple bottles like we did then you're gonna break the bank (laughs) that's Um, the problem that I have when I go wine tasting is that I love doing the pours but then you do them so much that then you get tipsy slash very drunk and then you end up buying all of these bottles of wine and then you're like where did all my money go oh yeah yeah the bottles of wine wine. (laughs) I know I mean not a bad problem to have but your bank account cries a little bit but your heart is happy yeah my (laughs) my heart was definitely a lot happier than my ATM account which showed me a sad face and seriously but anywho but that was my happy hour moment of the week yeah pretty solid right well you continue with your soft food journey how much longer do you have to do Uh, that you know a week. So by next week when we do our next episode, will you still be eating soft food? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and say no. <laughs> because I don't think that I personally can make it that long. Well, then we'll definitely have to figure out what your first non-soft meal is going to be for no. next week. We'll hear about it then. <laughs> well, make sure to follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and on Instagram. We're at TBLTLKPOD, Table Talk Pod. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye.